Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Between you and me and this microphone, it has to do with weed. And now, it's time for FinCast. Boom, shakalaka. Wide receiver and fan favorite Brian Fennerin is talking Dirty Bird football. Powered by Scana Energy, the official natural gas partner of the Atlanta Falcons. Looking for Fennerin who leaps into the air, a touchdown. FinCast starts now. All right, Falcons fans, another week, another disappointing hate week. You are listening to FinCast, brought to you by Scanna Energy, the official national gas partner of the Atlanta Falcons. And subbing in for BFIN86 is the one and only John Michaels. I'm Tyler Nelson, and like I said, you are listening to FinCast. JM, uh, disappointing week against the Aints. Nobody you hate to lose to more than New Orleans. Uh, living, living in my household with a Saints fan, uh, married to one. Oh, my, God, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's my own choice. Oh. Not the greatest decision. Oh. Um, so two times a year, we hate each other. Yeah. and Two of, times? Good marriage then. Yeah, most, well, <laughs> at least when it comes to football, just two times, we hate each other. Um, it, and it's hard to sit there and watch games with her. She doesn't talk a lot of trash, and the Saints have been terrible all year. Yeah. They pick up their fifth win of the year, and it happens to be their second against Atlanta. It stinks because that's a bad football team in New Orleans. But what you realize is we are equally a bad football team right here in the ATL. Five and nine on the year, playoffs hanging by, you know, basically the hair on the top and of the my head. And the fact that we are still even in, in, mathematically in this at, at five, five, five and nine, nine. and oh, yeah. it just remarkably mind-blowing. Yeah, it, 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 it tells you how bad this division yeah, is. I remember two, 2015 or 2014, I'm sorry, it was Mike Smith's last year. Mm-hmm. People forget the Falcons go into the final week of the regular season. Carolina is 7-8-1, and one, and Atlanta 6-9. and nine. And the winner of that game was going to go – or they were 6-8-1, and one, we were 6-9. and nine. The winner of that game would represent the NFC South and go to the playoffs. Carolina ultimately wins again. They blow the Falcons out. Yeah. Mike Smith ends up getting fired and moves along. Right. The good thing is you get in, you get a puncher's chance. And we have seen two teams with losing records – go on and win games. That Carolina team won the opening round of the playoffs and moved on to the divisional right. round. And back in 2017, 16, maybe 2008, way back when Marshawn Lynch in Seattle was a sub-500 team, won the NFC West, played the Saints in the opening round game. If you remember, that's the game Marshawn Lynch runs through the earth. They actually have an earthquake measured in Seattle from the noise there at the link <laughs> at the time, and they win. So – if no, I don't a, remember that, by the way, so, yeah. yeah. But if you're a Falcon fan and you want any positivity, if you do make the playoffs, it's a, a single-day elimination. The bad right. thing is the realism right now of this team is they're not good. They're not bad enough where they're going to pick in the top five, but they're not good enough where they're going to be a, a real player moving Perpetual forward. NFL purgatory. Yeah. Um, the main theme, of course, uh, for point of even watching the game on Sunday was Desmond Ritter's mm-hmm. first start in the NFL. And does he play next season? Is he our fa- quarterback for the future? Who knows? But for all, for at least for the here and now, 
that was a noteworthy thing to be tuning in for. What did you see? What were your thoughts? What were your takeaways? Uh, he looked like a rookie quarterback making his first start on the yeah. road. Uh, you yeah. go 0 for 4 to start. I, I don't think Arthur Smith put him in the best place. Why I, do you say that? I called for them taking a shot on the first play because, hey, an easy, uh-huh. a shot usually is one read. You read the safety to see what kind of covers are in, and you throw it down the field. And he does that, and it's an incomplete. Right. I don't think they put him in position with easy throws after that. You know, it was it – was, Yeah, there were a couple more shots like that on, like, the left side. And, right. And, and, yeah. Okay. So, for that, I didn't think early on he put him in an easy spot. I called for the first play to be a down-the-field mm-hmm. shot, but then I would have run a screen. Or I would have ran, you know, something very easy, a five-yard out, like that, yeah. something that's very simple, one, one, two, three, get the ball out and make a throw. It took him four passes before he gets a completion. I liked what I saw as far as commanding the huddle. He got up. He was making his checks. Okay. We didn't have delay of games. He seemed to know where he was going with the football. But it looked like the same old thing that we saw with Marcus Mariota. The part Tyler In that what makes, sense? Uh, the offense was run exactly the same. We're down 14 nothing. Oh, so you're saying the offense was, wasn't tailored to him? No. More like, okay, gotcha. Yeah, it was the same Arthur Smith offense. Down 14 nothing. we're running the ball. Down 14 nothing. I get it. Tyler Algier had a great game. <laughs> he did, yeah. There was no real sense of urgency to allow Desmond Ritter to open it up and throw the ball. The problem you have here is you have to figure out between that game and the next three, is this kid a guy that can be your starter next year? And this is where I think Arthur Smith dropped the ball. When the Falcons lost to Carolina on that Thursday night, when Marcus Mariota was throwing the ball from his back and uh-huh. you had a mini buy because you had that weekend off right. and then you go, that's when you should have changed to Desmond Ritter. Right. The problem was the division, to go back to that, is so bad, the illusion of being in the playoffs was still there. And with that, Arthur Smith kept saying, hey, Marcus Mariota gives me the best chance to win. Well, now you're going to get a four-game sample size with Desmond Ritter to find out, is he a guy moving forward? You're still going to be a team picking most likely in the top 10, maybe top 8. You think we're going to get that high? Oh, yeah. Right now we're 5-9. Okay. and nine. There's only about six teams okay. with worse okay. records than us. So, yeah, there's a chance. I hadn't looked at a while, but I thought we were like middle of the pack, like 15, 14. We were yeah, when yeah. we were like 5-6. and six. Yeah. Now at 5-9, and nine, we're yeah. further down. My point to that is in the top 10, you have to address, if Ritter's your guy, cool, take quarterback out of the equation, right. sign a cheap veteran, move forward. Mm-hmm. If you find out in these next couple of games you don't think he's the guy, you got to draft a quarterback. I don't care if you spent a third-rounder on him. I can throw a third-rounder away. Right. So, okay, again, John Michaels uh, from the front row on 680 The Fan. The who? Um, the the who? locker room. The what? Did I say the front row? You did say the front <laughs> row. Sorry. I was on that show for a while, Woo! too. Right, right, I know. All right, let me t- I say I'd let that say. Keep that. That uh, that's podcastable stuff that people uh, love. Yes, it is. Uh John Michaels from The Locker Room mm-hmm. on Six Days of Fan filling in for his uh teammate, his honor teammate Brian Finneran, who has uh, a little bit of the sniffles this week. Yeah. He got some um, convenient. He was sick right before Christmas with a week <laughs> off. I'm giving him crap. He actually is. Sick. I was gonna say I talked to him yesterday morning. Yeah, he was half the show yesterday, he was blowing his nose and disappearing and he didn't feel well, so we hope he gets back. I'm sure he'll be fine. You were, John, the sideline reporter for the Falcons for how long? Almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. Do you have, other than Finn, who was on the field. Right, who played. Who, who The most unique uh, vantage for this team, the game. What is your the thing that when you think about that time on the sideline, traveling with the team, getting to know the players, getting to know this franchise, what is the thing that you would take away from that that makes – I don't know, still care, still love this team. Getting Be so to, passionate about it, yeah, right? Get, getting to know the human side. Like, mm-hmm. everybody sees these players as gladiators, and they are. Right. I mean, that vantage point, 
it's something I'll never forget in my life to see an NFL game literally standing on the field from me to you, and we're like four feet yeah, apart. Yeah. I'm when Julio Jones makes, and I and I go back to the Super Bowl. He makes this catch in the Super Bowl, and oh Matt Lafleur, who's now the head coach of the Green Bay Packers right. at the time, is a QB coach of the Falcons. And this is where I say getting to know the human side. We had gotten to know Coach Lafleur a lot as the QB coach, friendly. You know, talk to him about a lot of different things. Julio makes that catch, and LaFleur runs to me and gives me a high five and goes, that's the catch that'll win you a Super Bowl. This is a true story. So for me, the things that I always take away is the perspective of knowing guys, getting to know William Moore, getting mm-hmm. to know and hang out with Sean Weatherspoon and his family, getting to know Matt Ryan outside of the, yeah. the standard answers that he gave everybody, getting to know Julio Jones a little bit. And he was a guarded guy. Yeah. But that was something, you know, my relationship with Thomas Dimitrov was always great. And people are like, oh, you know, Thomas was a terrible GM. And I, I say, pause on that. For there, Were there things he did wrong? Absolutely. But that guy twice was uh, executive of the year in the NFL. Yeah. Twice built this team to an NFC title and a Super Bowl. I was say, and it, if anything else, we we didn't have two winning back to back seasons until he was in here. franchise history right. until the Mike Smith era, which is of course Thomas Dimitrov. Thomas Dimitrov era. But my point to that was getting to know TD on a personal level, and I, I remember Thomas, and he never had to do this. I'm just a radio sideline reporter, right. and a lot of times I'd go off on my own to get different vantage points. Thomas made it a point every single game to walk down and talk to me. Five minutes left in the game, three minutes left if the game was decided. A lot of times we wouldn't talk if the game was on the line, but he would always come over, hey, what would you think of this? Uh, You know, good job by this guy. We heard you say that. That was the personal side, getting to know guys like that, getting to know Mr. Blank. Mm -hmm. When they won the MLS Cup, when Atlanta United won the MLS Cup, we were doing the game in Green Bay the next day. So we had all went out as a, you know, as a show, as the radio broadcast team, along with all the Falcons personnel to watch Atlanta United win the MLS Cup. Mr. Blank, who had not slept, took his own private plane to Green Bay, comes in the booth, gives me a hug. John, it's good to see you. Dave, it's good to see you. Wes, it's good to see you. Those are relationships that, you know, I'll never forget. And that stuff was, you know, we always talk about the cool things we do in this business. Mm -hmm. Nothing will ever top that. What do you think, uh, just mentioning Arthur, what do do you think of his whole being on the sideline at the end of the game thing? Dude, he owns the team. He can do whatever the hell he wants. He can go call a play if he wants to. I know he has the right to, but there's there's been a lot of criticisms and even a lot of applause for the fact that he's on the field at the end of each game. What do do you think of that? Not that he has the right to, because of course he does, but I mean like, I, I love it. I love to see an owner that cares. What I don't want is a nameless, faceless guy who sits in a booth and, and talks down to you. Now, I don't necessarily want the Jerry Jones side right. who has to have a weekly radio show and tell you it's all about him. Yeah. Mr. Blank goes down and watches his product. Mm-hmm. I love seeing that. He's very passionate about yes. winning. Yeah. He wants nothing more. And I know people say, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Dude, this guy has brought more stability to this franchise than it's ever been here. Oh, for sure. For sure. And that even just goes back to the Dimitrov and the Mike Smith era thing. A hundred percent. And yes, there... There is very little criticism to that you can stick to Arthur that it actually is is worthwhile. And where did I see it? May have been this week. They had a video of Arthur Blank down on the sideline reading to a young person. <laughs> I, he literally had a kid on his lap reading a book to him. That's like, how can you how can you not love that out of Arthur Blank? No, that's amazing. You know, so he he's an awesome owner. He he took us and I say us anybody that worked for him mm-hmm. like we were part of his family. Right. Yeah, we were extended family. 
but he opened his doors to us, and he never mm-hmm. had to. I didn't grow up a Falcon fan. Everybody knows that. I grew up in a different state in a different era. Says the I guy became, wearing the Miami Hurricanes yeah, hoodie. <laughs> I became a Falcon fan, right. and a lot of that had to do with everything I just said. It was the relationships I built with the people in that organization, and I want nothing but the best for them. I want them to make the playoffs just so we have January 15th football. Uh, segwaying then, um, we have what one mathematical game difference? What is it? What is our? What is our? M- so right now, CBS has us four point six percent chance to make the playoffs. Right. What is our not mathematical odds? I guess I meant to say the uh, the scope of what we ha- what has to happen for us to make. We the playoffs. can't lose again. That's we, we, pretty much where it is. We have to win out. We could actually be eliminated this weekend if the Falcons lose to the Ravens and Tampa Bay wins. Our season's over as far as playoffs. So Tampa Bay has to lose out. We have to win out. No, they have to lose one other game. We have to win out. Okay. And now I think there's stuff with the Saints and the Panthers. The Saints have a tiebreaker over us. We need yeah. them to lose a game. Uh, I don't know how convoluted it gets if it's a three or a four-team tie. It's very, very thin. <laughs> Literally 4.6% chance. That's what losing to the Saints, losing to the Chargers, losing to the Commanders, all these games that you lose right at the end, it took your playoff possibility way down. You had it in your hand. Had you mm-hmm. beat the Saints? You win out, you're in the playoffs. Well, not to mention that I mean, there were. It's this has become less true as the season's gone on, but there were so many games. I feel like the first five games or the first three or four losses were all just like should have won it, should have won it, could have won it, should have won it. Right. And and now, we've had less of those since, but I mean, those early Marcus Mariota ones were like, well, he's keeping us in the game, and that stopped being true, which is why we have Desmond Ritter now. But that's that's where I look back and be like, oh, if only, right. if only. Well, you can name the last two years. So you think last year you were seven and two in one score games. This year you're like two and eight. How many times of the game, Commanders game, you you inexplicably throw a pass, intercept it. Oh you know, God. last week against the Saints, you catch a ball that's going to get you in field goal range and you fumble. fumble. You know, you have the game against Carolina earlier this year where you just wet the bed on a Thursday night and do nothing right. I lose track of how many close games we've had because they've all been the same. Tampa, you have the terrible uh, Grady Jarrett roughing the passer penalty oh my God. when you're supposed to get the ball back oh my God, with a that's... chance to go down and win the game. So, the, you know, there's moments, but this that is call. what happens, honestly, Tyler, when you have – a team that's limited talent. I mean, it's, call it what it is. True. Limited talent. $70 million in dead cap. So that's seven. Can you imagine running a business where we say, we're going to take a third of your of your ability to spend <laughs> money, but we want you to perform like you've got the full amount. Right, right. And that's what Terry Fontenot and company have had to do. Well, I mean, that just always reminds me of this, this, the saying that I remember uh, a lot of people describing about Mark Richt, the Mark Richt era at Georgia, is that winners find a way to win games and losers mm-hmm. find a way to lose them. There was always those Mark Richt games. It's like, how did you lose to Mizzou? Like, yeah. come on. And there were those losers find a way to lose games and winners find a way to win. And, and that's what I feel like a lot of what you're describing. Some of those, the 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 Grady Jarrett called nonwithstanding, you know, the, the first game against the Saints, the Panthers hey, you game. you like 16-point lead against the Saints. Unbelievable. So, anyway, looking forward. Looking forward because the uh, the <laughs> – the running ethos this year on FinCast, John, has been hope springs eternal. Right. So uh, with that being said, what do what are we looking at for Sunday with this, the Ravens? Because no Lamar Jackson. Maybe. Yeah, Maybe they, Lamar they said Jackson. he may come back to practice as of this morning, but they're nothing as of yet. If he doesn't play Baltimore, is offensively challenged. Mm-hmm. They scored three points last week. I think they scored 14 the week before and 10 or, nine, 10 or 9 the week before that with Tyler Huntley. Without Lamar Jackson, Rashad Bateman's out hurt. They've been banged up at running back. They're not very good. But they are stout defensively against the run. 
That's the only thing. Which the is Falcons the only thing really, we have going for us. Yeah, it's <laughs> the only thing we do well. And the weather's supposed to be bad. They said it may be like seven or eight degrees at kickoff. So if you're Desmond Ritter, good luck with that. What I see in that game, same as always, is going to be low scoring, close. Even if Lamar Jackson plays low scoring, close, down to the wire, can the Falcons make a play to stay alive? If I'm a betting man and I hate to be negative, it's probably no. Yeah. History has shown that they don't make that play, but I think right. it's going to be you know, 17-14 with two minutes to play. Maybe we have the ball, maybe we don't. And the Falcons probably shit the bed at the end. And they probably do. All right, well, to then close out, I will ask you your opinion on this. Quarterback nonwithstanding, mm-hmm. what position, if we had top pick, last pick, all that, just all things being equal, other than quarterback, where would you go in the draft with what you see of this team? I tweeted it out on Sunday at John Michael Zhu as the Falcons give up a bunch of points early, 14 straight. I said next year, and you've got $70 million in cap space, and you're going to probably have a top 10 pick. I would spend every single dime and every single draft pick on the defensive side of the ball. Because mm-hmm. right now, truthfully, we have two guys that I can depend on, A.J. Terrell and Grady Jarrett. Right. 8.30 Monday morning on uh, – or Tuesday morning, excuse me. In the uh, <laughs> uh, I almost called it the front row, too. In the locker room. <laughs> Thank you for having that You're in my You're welcome. Mind. But, no, it's got to be defense. We have not had a guy that could get to the passer consistently right. since John Abraham. Since John Abraham. We said uh, – Grady and I talked about that earlier in the season. Like, that's the last guy I remember, like, truly could – could get to the quarterback and, and like prolifically at least. Yeah, Grady does a good job. He's an interior guy. If he gets you seven, eight sacks, that's great. I need ten on each defensive yeah, but he's not, exactly. And we don't have that. So yeah, every single draft and free agent dollar to me is going to go to upgrading the defensive side of the ball, specifically pass rush. Number two would be wide receiver. Because you think about it, it's Drake London and a bunch of guys that probably don't belong in the NFL. Yeah, well, I mean Alameda Zacchaeus is a solid number two or number three. No, no, no. He's a four on a good team. Well. I guess I'm just used to seeing him be the go to. So I ask you this. <laughs> the one consistent for the best years. I'll use my home team. Mm-hmm. Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson, Trent Sherfield, Alameda Zacchaeus. Where is Zacchaeus playing in that group? He's number five. Yeah, the end. So I, would I want him on my team? Yes, he's really fast. I need him to be out there about 20 snaps a game. It's just that is so like not laughable, but like laugh to keep from crying because how many times we've drafted at the past, including uh, Calvin Ridley? No, not including. Well, obviously including Calvin Ridley, including Kyle Pitts, including Kyle Pitts is in that too. Yeah, we've gone to that so many times. Like when when they drafted Drake London, I text my friend who works for the Falcons, who will go remain nameless, and his response was saying, "Are you kidding me? Have something to do? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me?" And he goes, "Falcons gonna Falcon." Yeah. <laughs> That's exact. I would have rather had Jordan Davis because he plugs a big hole, need in the middle. Um, I would have rather had N'Kobe Dean. There's a lot of guys I would have well, rather Nicobe had. Dean hasn't really seen the field much this year. No, but you took Troy Anderson, a project, out of Montana State. Yeah. Who's instead been? of t- He's okay. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen anything year one that makes me go, wow, this guy's going to be a stud. Right, correct. Like Micah Parsons year one, you go, holy cow, this guy's a stud. Yeah. You see guys at the Falcons draft, and you go, oh, maybe two years from now it'll yeah. be okay. So defense is where I got to go. Receiver would be second. Awesome. All right, well, John Michaels from the locker room. Yes, the locker room. Monday through <laughs> Monday, Friday, 6, Friday to 6 to 10 on 680 The Fan. Filling in for the oft-injured <coughs> Brian sick. Finnerin. Brian Finnerin. <laughs> <laughs> Injured, sick, whatever. All right, Falcons fans, here's, uh, like we said, the running theme for this season, Hope Springs Eternal. We'll see what the Falcons do up in Baltimore against the Ravens. And as always, go Dirty Birds.
Thank you for tuning in to FinCast, brought to you by Scana Energy, the official natural gas partner of the Atlanta Falcons. FinCast is hosted by Brian Finneran, co-hosted and executive produced by Tyler Nelson. If you'd like to reach out to the show, email Tyler at tyler at 680thefan.com. FinCast is hosted by 680thefan on thepodcastpark.com and is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Opening and closing music by Atlanta band Gringo Star and their song, I Will Not Follow. Thanks for tuning in to FinCast. We'll see you next week. The whole thing was a disaster. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.